TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. So, yes, I got the call today from Madison, Wisconsin. My oldest said, all right, Mom, give me the truth. What's happening in Ukraine? And, and last night, my youngest was saying, it's so weird to see a war on Snapchat and Instagram. And that is how our kids are learning about it. They don't watch TV, but they do watch their social media. And we, at least in my house, we have robust conversations about this, obviously, even though I'd like to stop talking about it at some point. But um, yeah, my, my oldest and I had a conversation about at least everything that I knew <laughs> that was happening in Ukraine so she could get the facts. Uh, somebody else who was getting a lot of questions, Mark Westfall, our favorite social studies teacher in South St. Paul, and he is actively changing the way he teaches or at least stopping what he was teaching the kids to teach this history as it unfolds. And he's joining us now uh, to share with how he's doing that as a teacher. Mark, we're so happy to have you back on the show. Thank you guys for having me. I, I truly appreciate it. And it's always an honor to be here, but also more special when you can share the airwaves earlier with uh, one of my favorite historians and a good friend, Kenneth Davis. Um, so knowledgeable, so insightful, mm-hmm. is able to put things into perspective. Um, so I love hearing him on your station when the Minnesota Council for the Social Studies can get him to, to do one of our seminars in this state. We just, we love it. So Thank you for bringing him on to be able to provide some of that historic context as well. I oh, really appreciate great. that. Yeah, yeah. We need a four-hour show to get to have more Ken, but uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. another yes. day, another day. So, Mark, so how how is this working in the schools now? Are you and the social studies teachers just sort of putting the curriculum on the side to to teach this in real time? What is going on in the history of Ukraine? So, a lot of teachers are doing that right now. Um, It's easier for a social studies teacher to try to connect basically any current event that's taking place to something that we already have, something we are talking about, or something we will talk about in the near future. So it it does lend itself to our profession and our field a little bit easier than it would other curriculums. Uh, For my class, I teach sixth grade Minnesota Studies. We just got done talking about the Civil War. We were just about to start the U.S.-Dakota War when this happened. So again, there's going to easily be able to have that, the comparables between the, what did we see actually having live with Ukraine and Russia compared to what did we see back from the 1860s compared to what we're going to see when we study world war one and other, other events as well. Uh, one of the fascinating things is when you mentioned that today's youth are seeing this completely through the lens of, lens of social media. When we grew up, we were starting to see the 24-hour news cycle. So we were getting this new wave of information whenever we wanted, and oftentimes, you know, replaying the same segment over and over, but on a 24-hour loop. They're seeing it in real time. And so there's a lot of different elements that go on with this. The first thing that you need to think about, too, 
Well, I mean, there's lots of first things you need to think about, let's be honest. Um, so let me step back and say that was not the first thing I thought about, but today, the second day that we were looking at it, was from the lens of media literacy. What are we seeing out there in terms of information? Where are we getting our information from? Is it a credible source? Is it a retweet, but we don't know where it came from? Is it um, something where we just we're hearing it from our own echo chamber. So the sources that we would typically go to that are typically going to validate our own point of view anyway. So that's kind of where we were able to shape today's lesson into whose voices are we hearing from? Whose voices are we not? Are we making the choice to hear those voices by going to those same places or not? Um, Another thing that we looked at today is we didn't really look at the Russian perspective. What is Putin actually saying? What documents is he producing that's saying what his justifications are? We didn't do that yesterday on day one. It's important. And I tell my students, we don't need to agree with everything that Putin is saying. But if we're able to actually analyze some of his thoughts and what the Russian uh, parliament's thoughts are and things like that, we can at least see where they're coming from. That way we grow our foundation and our base of understanding of what might be going on. Um, we didn't hear too much yesterday from the, the Ukrainian citizens. Why? Well, a lot of them were in fear of what's actually going on in their daily lives. They weren't necessarily going to Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook to tell everyone, yep, I'm in a subway right now. I'm preparing for what dangers come. They were worried about their local and immediate. Eventually, we started hearing more of those voices. So I think that's a larger part of the picture when it comes to the, the youth of our society and even adults as well, but definitely the youth trying to figure out what are we hearing in real time? What are we not hearing? Let's take a step back. Whose voices do we not hear from and why? Is it purposeful that we're not hearing it? Or are there other reasons why? Once we start gathering that information, it also allows us that opportunity to really see the broader picture. Because in the first couple hours of a breaking event, we don't know much. There's a lot of speculation. So let's let things play out a little bit. What do we observe? What do we see? I like to use a process, and I know it's slightly immature, I'll admit it. It's called CRAP. You can CRAP with a partner. You can CRAP with a class. And CRAP stands for Critically Review and Analyze Pictures. So, again, there's your immaturity for the day. But the kids (laughs) latch onto it. So as we're doing this, yeah, you're able to see what do we notice? What do we see? that immediately prompts students to be able to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And it's important, I think, for teachers and adults and in parents as well, and even lawmakers, to say, we are not going to know the answers to every single one of these questions right now. That's okay. But what questions do we have? Because mm-hmm. once we can start getting those questions out and hearing our peers ask those questions, it generates more questions. Now we start to build that base of what we can be looking for and that we also have some shared commonalities that I'm not the only one who has this concern or this fear. It's out there. All right. I'm validated a little bit more. So there's so many different approaches you can use on just about any current event. And the unfortunate thing is most of these current events tend to lean a little bit more on the tragic side rather than the happy-go-lucky breaking events where everyone's excited. Hey, Mark, this is Paul. I'm, I'm so glad you could come on today. And 
I'm, I'm fascinated when you talk about critical thinking skills and teaching good skills at a young age. You know, there's just a fire hose of information. And it's funny that a lot of the information is coming from TikTok on the ground mm-hmm. right now in Russia in real time and in Ukraine. And our intelligence uh, agents at NSA and CIA are actually looking at TikTok videos along with our kids. So to me, that's fascinating. The democratization of citizen journalism and what you can do now with with smartphones has changed everything. My question for you, does this have you gone down the rabbit hole of why does this happen and the difference between democracy, the difference between autocrats who can pretty much do what they want? Have you gone into that in terms of the geopolitical implications of what's happening? And here's exhibit A of what happens when you don't have a democracy and one man can pull the levers of power. The answer is yes, and it becomes more complicated. Um, I would argue that, again, a social studies teacher should be taking on these types of events in their classroom. And I know there's been a lot of uh, politicization in in our own society now about we shouldn't talk about current events or we need to have lesson plans approved a year in advance. And hmm. that's an important topic that's tangentially connected to this, and I'll, I'll leave it to the side for now. But it is important that we talk about these things and let students interact with it because they are seeing it in real time play out. Now, I've gone down that rabbit hole numerous times in Sometimes I see myself going there, and I, I can't avoid it. It it almost feels entertaining in a sedelic type of way, I guess, but you get sucked into it so easy. There's other times where when I taught an actual current events class, we would purposely go down the rabbit hole in class, in real time, on Twitter, to showcase how easy this is to get sucked in. And so being able to understand who's out there, what are reputable sources? Do you really want to interact with this person who you don't know? And when their their handle is at four six nine five eight six trapeze whatever, and they have no bio information, is that really a person you want to engage with? Bot. So bot. we definitely yes. get into that at times. Um, but yes, I, I'm guilty myself of being human and wanting to go down that rabbit hole a little bit further. One of the things that we would talk about when I taught seventh grade American history was what would it be like if the Civil War was live tweeted? We don't we don't think about that. They're getting their news firsthand or in letters weeks, weeks later. Sometimes they're getting the information from the newspaper a week later because of where they live. We're not getting that information fast. So if we were live tweeting, What would that look like? And we wind up doing an assignment based off of that where they have to take on the role of different generals, the president, uh, nurses, battlefield soldiers, and the common people back home. And they realize very quickly that it doesn't help. (laughs) As much as we like social media and we want to be connected, it isn't going to help. It's just going to start getting people more angry and agitated and not knowing what's actually true and what might be real. So to your point about government officials, yep, they've got to go on. They have to look at this stuff on social media. But weeding through so much of it to see if it's legitimate. Mm -hmm. And people are smart enough to put out stupid things because they know people will go down the rabbit hole. So you have that to contend with as well. 
it makes it really tricky. It makes it difficult to really discern. That's what I think is a troubling aspect for our youth. They're going to get snippets, but when they don't have anyone giving them a little bit of guidance saying, hey, let's pull back just a little bit. What do you see? What do you notice? How do we process? That's where we can start to get in trouble because we will buy into certain things and get into our own echo chamber. We'll repeat things without knowing if it's accurate or not. That's dangerous. And again, we can take everything from the Ukrainian situation that I'm doing now and just transfer it into our next unit so easily in a social studies world. That's what makes it beautiful while it's obviously tragic events happening all around us. Mm-hmm. Mark Westfall, South St. Paul social studies teacher. I, for one, am very grateful that the students have you and that they're learning, yes, not only about war, but critical thinking and how to consume media of real-time events. Uh, invaluable, invaluable teaching. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. I really appreciate it, guys. You got it. I'm, wow. I'm, this it restores my faith, restores my faith that in public school, they're learning this, they're, they're reacting in real time. You know, this isn't just stick to the script and ignore all outside events because kids have real questions and they're seeing it in live. They're seeing it live. Sixth grade, I, I just remember milk and cookies, you know, and taking a nap, nope. putting my they head. Are oh, much no, more savvy, was that my kindergarten? Friend. I think it was. No. Okay. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates Father's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 